Welcome to Verity. I'm your host, Felicia Masonheimer, an author, speaker, and Bible teacher. This podcast will help you embrace the history and depth of the Christian faith, ask questions, seek answers, and devote yourself to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. You don't have to settle for watered-down Christian teaching. And if you're ready to go deeper, God is just as ready to take you there. This is Verity, where every woman is a theologian. Welcome back to Verity Podcasts, you guys. I'm Felicia Masonheimer, and my husband Josh is with me for this series. Hello. And we are in our Honest Marriage series, which is part of the launch of The Flirtation Experiment, my co-authored book that launches on December 7th. And so as a part of launching that book, I invited Josh to join me for this series, and it has been so fun to talk through these different topics and how we process those through the lens of biblical marriage. And obviously, we're only speaking from one perspective and one marriage, but we hope that some of what we share is encouraging or thought-provoking for you and that you can customize it and apply it to your own relationship. And so for this particular episode, we're going to be talking about transitions and life transitions. We've been through quite a few. (laughs) Yeah. As we'll get into in this episode. And we just want to encourage you as you are walking through transitions with your spouse. If you're listening to this marriage series, there's a good chance that you or someone you love is married. And that's fantastic because on December 7th, my brand new co-authored marriage book is launching into the world. It's called The Flirtation Experiment. And if that title intrigues you, good, because I can't wait for wives to pick this book up and be encouraged and equipped to pursue their husbands in ways they maybe never expected to do so. When I wrote this book, I was looking back on a year when I was really struggling to cultivate a relationship with Josh. I felt lonely, I felt disconnected, and I realized that I could wait for him to change it or I could make the change. And so I made a list of 30 flirtations, all different kinds of ways to show him that I loved him. And through this experiment, I found that I actually was changed. I co-authored this book with my friend Lisa Jacobson, who's been married 28 years to my eight years, and we alternate chapters showing you the ideas that we used to cultivate an intimate and fun, romantic, and flirtatious marriage. You can pre-order the book now anywhere books are sold, from Amazon to Barnes & Noble to Christian Book, or you can go to theflirtationexperiment.com to get two free chapters in the introduction and to be notified when the book launches. I hope you guys will grab it. We have some awesome bonuses for those who pre-order, and I'm excited to get this book into your hands. Our text for this episode is Ecclesiastes 7, 8 through 11, which says, Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, an advantage to those who see the sun. I chose this passage because I think it really exemplifies the heart attitude that's necessary when you go through multiple transitions, that patience of spirit and that willingness to say no to anger 
and ask for wisdom. I think those are all really important. Yeah. So I guess we'll start back at the beginning. We were married almost eight years ago. Yeah. And in the beginning. In the beginning. And we started out just in, I don't know, it felt like a crazy whirlwind because you were looking for a job. Yeah. So I want to get a job before we got married. So right. when I graduated, I was hunting for a job and got into the service technician job and then was able to pop the question. <laughs> and But that job, tell, tell them about what that job was like, though, like what it required of you. Well, it was funny because I traveled across the state. I almost always stayed in the state, but my boss said that after I get back from my honeymoon, I should kiss my wife goodbye <laughs> because I won't see much of her. And he was very accurate on that because I did multiple training sessions, each one being a week long, and those were out of state. Yep. So I was gone the whole week, and sometimes the weeks were back to back. And then I did... You were gone. As soon yeah. as we got back from our honeymoon, you were gone for three weeks. Yeah. I did have like a three-week training session. And so we figured out that I was gone for like five of the first eight months that we were married. I think so. We, we were separated a total of six months. Not, not all together, but like... Cumulative. Cumulatively, because of our jobs having travel, we, we were separated a total of six months. you were doing homeschool conferences. Yeah. So I was gone for a week at a time throughout the year and, and overnight, you know, here and there as well. And so a total of six months, our first year of marriage, we were separated. And honestly, like, I think it almost caused us to not deal with some of our yeah. issues because it still felt like we were dating. Right. It was like the the vacation relationship, mm -hmm. like still in the, it suspended the honeymoon phase. Right. It did. And so we didn't actually deal with a lot of our <laughs> issues. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't around each other long enough to really get under one another's skin. Right. And I think, you know, it just felt like, oh, we're setting up house and then you're gone and then you come back. And his job was so erratic. I mean, you would be home one day at four or three even. And then we didn't know if you'd get called back out. But then other days he wouldn't get home until midnight. Or maybe he'd say, actually, I'm not coming home. I have to stay out at this job. Yeah. It was, you never knew. Day to day, you never knew. So it was, it was rough. And then you were on call. Yeah, well, I was always on call. Yeah, pretty much always on call. So it was rough. It was it was a sweet first year, but it was hard at the same time. And so we found out we were pregnant with Adeline on our one-year anniversary and had not dealt with a lot of stuff. And I'm let me pause here because I think some people who maybe are newly married might think, oh, my gosh, well... I need to have, you know, X amount of years or time to get to know the other person before I have kids or my marriage will be rocky. That's not true. Kids just expose, like we talked about in the last episode, they just expose things in your marriage that were already there. They don't cause the problem. They mm. expose the problem. And so don't delay children. Children are always a blessing from the Lord. They are a beautiful blessing, but 
I do think that, you know, be very intentional before you have kids in dealing with what's going on in your heart and in your marriage. Get counseling. (laughs) I don't know how many times you've said that. (laughs) (laughs) We both have said it because counseling has helped us. So in year two, Adeline's born end of year two, and that's when you had another job transition. Yeah. Well, I had an opportunity to become an, uh, a project engineer and uh, work on propane systems. And so it's kind of the break that I'd been looking for to move toward my degree of engineering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of wanted to get out of the service technician field as I couldn't see myself doing that till I was like 90. And we, we wanted better hours and a better more hours. stable yeah. job. That was the thought. Um, and especially with a baby on the way. So what were you 37 weeks pregnant? Yeah, 37 um, weeks pregnant. <laughs> our dilemma was that they were the job I was offered was going into a busy season. So it was either I come up before the baby was born or after... Phi had recovered enough to make the transition, which would be a few months later. And so they really wanted me to come up now for the busy season. And so we did it. And so we were in Virginia at the time, moving to to Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And he'd be commuting to Exton, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour outside of Philadelphia or an hour and a half outside of Philadelphia. So we struggled to find a place to live. We finally found the place, like, miraculously on Craigslist a week before we moved there. Yeah. <laughs> so we moved there a week later, and then a week after that, Phi had her baby. Yep. Adeline. It was <laughs> wild. It was, the Lord provided abundantly, but looking mm-hmm. back, like, the, like, we had so much peace in this transition, and that's one reason, like, I love this passage in Ecclesiastes, because I think it just shows that... The, being patient in spirit and choosing to trust the Lord. <laughs> All of our kids are talking right now because we're recording while they're still awake and we normally don't do that. But during that transition, I think we just, we had so much peace, even though if I now look back on it, I would never recommend that somebody do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> a week before we moved to a new state, we finally find high housing. And then, you know, we had a Christian landlord. They were great. But they also, none of the hospitals or birth centers would take me that late in pregnancy. So I had to switch last minute to a home birth and tell the landlord I'd be having a home birth in She kind of guessed at their it. House. She's like, we're like, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're unable to get to any hospitals or birthing centers. She's like, so you having it here? And we asked <laughs> her, like, are you okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that fine? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. So it was like the Lord just totally provided in such amazing ways. Adeline was born five days after we moved there. And man, it just it just shows that like the Lord was in that transition and leading us. But at the same time, it was extremely stressful on our marriage. And it really revealed a lot of hurts and holes in our marriage that we had not dealt with yet. So basically we were having a really hard time in this transition 
and Josh was home for maybe five days, and then you went back yeah. to work? Well, they wanted me to, like, check on the printer, so, like, three days. Yeah, really fast back to work. That's when I discovered I had a pregnancy-induced autoimmune disease, so I was covered in blisters, and he was gone, and you were gone, like, all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, 8 to 22 hours a day. Yeah, he had to leave by 6 a.m. If he was after 6, he couldn't. An hour commute. Yeah, to beat the Philly traffic. And he would usually get home around 6 on a good day. Mm-hmm. But generally, it could be 8, 9, midnight. It could be, sorry, yeah. I'm gone out of town. In other words, it was no different than the other job. <laughs> yeah, or worse even. It was worse, yeah, because then we had the baby. As far as the hours went, at least. And I was alone. Yeah, it was just really, really hard for us to go through that. But now fast forward, we moved to Michigan, so th- there was a transition. Yeah. We, we, we can't realized, handle the job. <laughs> yeah, we and we realized that with no family around, like... Like in effort, there's so many families. Everyone has a family. It we felt like the odd man out yeah. without a family, and it made us, you know, pine for one, especially with kids. So when we moved, we decided to move up a year later to be with Felicia's side of the family, and that made a huge difference. Like yeah. Adeline got to see her grandmother growing up, and they spent a lot of time together. Yeah, that's how we ended up back in Michigan where I grew up was we moved from, you know, Virginia to Pennsylvania. And then a year after we moved to Pennsylvania, we moved to Michigan for Josh to take an engineering job here, which again, we were just like desperate for stable Mm -hmm. hours, which is what this offered. It offered a nine to five job. Yeah. Which was wonderful. So, and it was an engineering job as well. So it just, it worked out really well. Yeah, seemed to be perfect. We made this whirlwind. We had to live with my parents for six weeks while we tried to find a house. My parents are builders, so they helped us buy a house. But there was a mortgage situation where we had to wait to actually sign on our mortgage and because we had family members who helped us mm-hmm. buy the house and we were using the mortgage to pay them back. Well, at that point, I was pregnant with Eva. So I was, what, six months pregnant with Eva? Yeah. And it was the day after we signed the mortgage on our house. So we finally had a, a real mortgage payment on our new house in Michigan. And I, it was like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. My boss called me into his office and said, we're, um, you know, in the state of Michigan, like we have a no fault cause. So we can just fire you without telling you and you're fired. Yep. You're let go. You're done. Yeah. So we'd been in was, Michigan, what, a, a year? Yeah, well, nine months even. Yeah, nine months, and he's let go from this job. And where we live in Michigan, there aren't a ton of engineering positions. Like, it's not just, it's not an industrial hub. We're very far north. So it's scary. I was, yes, we lost our insurance. We're in a house with a mortgage payment, and I'm pregnant with a toddler. (laughs) And that was when I had just started writing ebooks. And I was going to launch Christian Cosmo, my very first ebook, and that was what made me push up the launch. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to launch this, and we're going to hope for the best and hope that it pays mm-hmm. our bills. And it did. It provided for us until he got a job. It took two and a half months for Josh to find a job. Yeah. So it was, which isn't that long compared to other people, but for us, you know, we were down to the last, what, $500, I think. We were pretty... 
It was getting tight. It was I getting mean, tight. You're, <laughs> you definitely pushed your Young Living and, and the Christian e-book. Cosmo and like it, it definitely really helped to pay the bills. Yeah. So yeah, that was scary. So two pregnancies, obviously, with major life transitions and my autoimmune disease at that point was pretty awful. In 2019, so two years later, I broke my leg while Josh was working at the job that he got and he got after he lost his job. And so broken leg, my sister had to come take care of the kids because I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't carry anything or lift anything. I had surgery. I have a plate and eight screws in my leg. And so that was a really hard time on you. Yeah. You were taking care of me. It was kind of like another like postpartum (laughs) event. (laughs) It was. He was caring for me for six, eight weeks. Yeah. We were sleeping in twin beds in our master bedroom because we couldn't, I couldn't get in and out of a full size Mm. bed. I had to get up every hour to give you your medicine. Yeah. He was getting up every two hours to make sure I took the right medicine. The first three weeks after I had the plate put in my leg. And then of course we had a baby and a toddler and, and he was working full time and on call. Because he was an, a manager. So once again, we were in the situation <laughs> of being on call. And so, you know, when we look back on our marriage, like, yes, there our marriage had some really, really hard years. But so much of what we've gone through was just this utter and complete refining by our life circumstances, bringing all this sin to the surface. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> there was lots of sin brought to the surface. <laughs> lots of it. And so, I don't know, I feel like we're just telling our life story right now, but I don't think it comes through on Instagram or on the blog even. I don't think people know just the amount of transition and difficulty that we've been through between job loss and transitioning across states Mm. and moving away from family and moving near to family and buying a house and then selling that house. And And you, like, you breaking your leg, though, is what led us to take scenic rides down through the farmlands and yep. we'd often pass the house we currently have and mm-hmm. and you're like oh like I would love to live there you know it'd be so amazing something and, like that yeah so it's neat how like the lord used these super painful times like my broken leg and us take because we couldn't we couldn't do anything except drive in the car with the kids because my leg was broken we couldn't really go for a walk yeah we couldn't you were pushing me in the wheelchair and the kids were too young. They needed a stroller and you couldn't do both. So we would drive in the car with ice cream and we did, we passed this house, this farmhouse we're in now. And that was how we, I thought to look it up while still in a wheelchair. I do not recommend this. This was stupid, but I was in a wheelchair and I, I went on realtor.com and I found this house and I was like, I think we should maybe look into that. (laughs) So that's a whole, that's a story we won't tell in this episode, but yet again, like getting a house ready, you know, to sell and then showing it for a week and, you know, getting this house, just the Lord opening those doors. But I think that at that point in our marriage, we'd been through so many transitions and hard things and we'd learned to listen for God's leading and God's peace and to talk to each other about it, that we knew we weren't crazy to try this new thing together even though the timing didn't seem good i think for me like when you are down for the count 
whether it's pregnancy or broken legs or autoimmune um, disease. Yeah, it it kind of empowers me to be like your your nurse mm-hmm. and that's like just something that comes more natural to me and she's a very good nurse. Makes me feel needed. Uh, so I kind of seize the opportunity to be your caretaker. He's great. If you are ever injured or sick, you want Josh to be taking <laughs> care of you. He's very, very good at it. He gets it from his mom, I think. Mm. But yes, you were awesome in those times. And I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, I should let you tell this part. But when we're in really difficult job, like job issues, difficult, like our financial setback when you lost your job and I was pregnant, that's when I feel like I bring my skill set because you bring your skill set when I need someone to take care of me and I'm incapacitated. Hmm. And when you're discouraged or you have this huge setback, like a job, I feel like that's where I bring my skill set to say, okay, we'll find a way to like make ends meet. Well, you are a doer. Yeah. So you go into overdrive. Overdrive. When yeah. it comes to financial demise. <laughs> security. I'm driven a little bit by security. But I mean, I think that was something the Lord taught me was like, well, you can't be driven by security because transitions like this are unpredictable and only mm. I can be your provider. And we've had to realize that. Yeah. With health, insurance, pregnancy, all of it, jobs that he's our provider. And so our final transition, the most recent one, was once again while I was pregnant with Ivan this time, our third pregnancy. Last summer, um, we won't get into the circumstances, but Josh had to quit his job, no fault of his own. And it was a very last minute thing. It was not what we originally hoped. It was our five-year plan. Yeah, it was our five-year plan that had to happen in three months. (laughs) Um, really disheartening and discouraging how it happened, but the Lord really used it to bring Josh home yeah. and and make him the chief operating officer of Every Woman a Theologian, which is what he does now. Yeah. And it really allowed it, the business to balloon because you were making it what it was on like four hours a week, <laughs> like uninterrupted. 15. Yeah, like yeah, uninterrupted. And, sure. <laughs> yeah, and and then I was able to, you know, come in and help with childcare. And I think the first couple of weeks you put like eighty hours in. <laughs> I worked. I, you know, it might be eighty hours because the, when he quit his job in last June to come home. We were not sure how it was going to go. We were pretty nervous. We had some savings, but we're like, okay, we're going to try this self-employed thing and see how it goes. He'll take over the shop part. And that's when you, yeah, for two weeks straight, he watched the kids pretty much. And you worked till the cows came home. I did. So we have, <laughs> we do, we have cows behind our house. And at the end of the day, they, they walk back up the path and go into the barn. So I literally did work till the cows came home. Um, but it was fun. It was interesting because you like you, you did, you did everything for the kids for those two weeks. So I could work 12 hour days to write theology basics. And so it was a repeat of what happened when I was pregnant with Eva. We launched another ebook and that's what paid our bills. And so I do want to say on that front, thank you to all of you who shop with us and who buy our eBooks because it was you buying a $10 eBook 
that actually helped us make ends meet into the fall and allowed us to to live, (laughs) to make an income to live and pay for our insurance because we lost our insurance the day Josh had to quit his job. And I was pregnant. And so it was just really scary. And the Lord just provided through you and shopping with us. And it allowed us to to become fully self-employed with every woman at theologian shop and, and what it is today. So I guess to just conclude this episode, Josh, what was one thing you would encourage people who are going through really hard life transitions? That it's, it's definitely not the end of the world. And God has a goal in mind for you. And, you know, we may plan our paths, but he directs our steps. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's a lot of faith, you know, prayer and supplication, and then just knowing that you're doing the right thing and following God, and He will provide for you. Yeah, and I would say, to piggyback on that, that, like, don't try your very best not to pull away from your spouse during a transition, but to pull together with mm-hmm. your spouse. It's going to be very hard, but yeah. you need each other so much. When two or more gather together in prayer. Yeah. The like Lord that's is, when like God's grace just shines. Yeah. You see, I think you do. You see the Lord more clearly in those stressful times. And so Josh and I kind of joke that this, we're wrapping up our eighth year or we're coming up on our eighth year anniversary, which means mm-hmm. eight years married. So our eighth year we call it our Jubilee year kind of because it's been like so much stress and transition in our marriage, like piled into the first seven years. And it's just such a blessing to kind of have this Sabbath year or Jubilee year, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. And I just want to encourage you that eventually there will be a reprieve. There will be a, a, time of rest. Sometimes you just have to put your head down for months, weeks, and years. But if you walk with the Lord and with your spouse, he will see it through. Yeah. Do you agree? I do. Okay. Awesome. You guys, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Verity Podcast. And as always, you can find us on FeliciaMasonheimer.com, which is also where the Every Woman a Theologian shop is. And don't forget, this whole series is part of the launch of the Flirtation Experiment, my new marriage book that's coming out December 7th. If you pre-order, you can get special behind-the-scenes interviews with me and Josh and my co-author Lisa and her husband, as well as a free chapter of the workbook. We will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Verity. You can connect with fellow listeners by following me on Instagram at Felicia Masonheimer or on our Facebook page by the same name. Also visit FeliciaMasonheimer.com for links to each episode and the show notes. 